Jason Poella is a senior special event planner for the Lee Health Foundation. As a special event planner, he handles the planning and execution of all fundraising events that benefit the healthcare system. Jason is originally from Clifton, New Jersey and moved to Cape Coral, Florida when he was 13 years old. He earned his bachelor's degree from FGCU in the spring of 2021. As a professional fundraiser, his goal is to continue to raise money as well as awareness of the Lee Health brand and continue to work with community members to make Lee Health the number one healthcare system in all of Southwest Florida. When he's not working, Jason enjoys playing softball, golf, coaching Little League, going to live sporting events and concerts, and most importantly, spending time with his wife, family, and friends. All right, Jason, hey, I'm so happy that you could join me today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Tam. I'm quite excited to be here in studio talking with you. Yeah, so we have a, a interesting relationship because we are we got to know each other via Future Makers. Correct. And you were referred to be on um, our advisory committee for our Talent Hub designation. Absolutely. It was an honor to be um, asked to be part of that and to be able to help represent the adult learner population um, coming back to school as an adult learner in my mid-40s, I think I can bring a nice perspective to all of the higher education um, institutes that are represented on that phone call and technical schools and others. So it's, it's nice. It feels good to listen to what's going on outside of my small little office in the uh, education department. Yeah, so that is like being a fly on the wall, right? When oh, it comes to hearing yeah. to hearing all, how all the sausage is made in higher ed. And, the it is, and it's fascinating. What's a real testament to everybody on that call, how passionate they are about moving that needle forward, getting more and more people to get their post-secondary education, whether that be from a trade school, um, a, a community college, uh, a four-year institute. It's, it's amazing, and you can hear that when everyone talks about it and how excited they are about some of the innovative ways they're doing that. Yeah. Well, I want to come back to that in a, in a few minutes because sure. I, I want to kind of get a little bit of your story, and then maybe we can circle back on to how that, that participation has made your perspective maybe different or sort of colored it as you finished your degree recently. Yes, yes. So so tell me a little bit about what, what do you what is your job? What do you do? Okay. Well I work for the Lee Health Foundation. I am the senior special event planner. So my job is to help oversee the logistics and operations for the multitude of fundraising events we do throughout the year, either as our primary event, which is like a turnkey event, or one of our third party events where we assist other businesses that want to raise money for the healthcare system. So we just kind of help offer guidance and assistance, do check-in, check-out, help make the process much smoother for those that may not have the apt and the ability to do that. So I've been doing that for close to seven years now. Okay. I've been with Lee Health in total for almost 15 years. And I started off as a guest service coordinator uh, right here downtown at Lee Memorial, where I was responsible for patient satisfaction. And that was uh, a challenge, yeah. to say the least. And it uh, helped me give me a fonder appreciation for our healthcare system. And it was just a natural evolution for me to go into the fundraising component of that to help spread the word and the brand of what Lee Health brings to all of Southwest Florida. And also help you know continue to raise funds for areas that are not reimbursed, uh, whether that be through our oncology or for pediatric um, units. So it's just uh, a natural fit. Awesome. Well, I can tell you that the, a lot of people don't realize that you can have jobs like that in healthcare. True. Those are really non-traditional healthcare jobs, I think, from the way people typically think about healthcare. Correct, because you think uh, all these services that we do, they're billable, and there's just a lot of things that aren't. So the money that we raise for helps uh, pay for navigators in the school system, helps pay for education for teachers to teach patients who are going to be long-term 
patients in the healthcare system, um, and it's a multitude of other facets from cardiology to oncology and so many different departments without our very vast healthcare system down here at Lee Health. So yeah, it, it's nice. You don't have to just be clinical. There's many, many jobs outside of just being clinical hands-on that really helps contribute to the overall brand. Yeah, yeah. Healthcare is definitely a great industry to get it is, into. And it's always changing and it's a lot of, you know, go down one avenue, pivot, go down another avenue, and it's probably going to be like that for a long time to come. Yeah. So you you started your career in healthcare, you said seven years ago? Uh, I, healthcare is about almost going on 15, 15 years. 15 years, okay. So so when you, you started in the guest services Correct. and then you've now moved over to the foundation. Correct. So more of a... Um, outside of the actual clinical setting and more of the business side yeah. of the healthcare system. Yeah. So tell me, what made you decide to go back and get your degree? Well, um, my college journey started in the summer of 1993, and uh, I went to Edison Community College, which is now FSW. Uh, I had good grades in high school, but I wasn't an academic by any stretch of the imagination. So I was like, you know what? I want to get into the work world, but I'll go to school as well. Started there, got some credits. As you know, life happens, and I was like, you know what, I'm ready to move on. So I moved to Tampa, started working up there, and uh, a few years went by, and a friend of mine who was a bartender named Jeremy wanted to go back to school, and he's like, do you, do you want to go back with me? I was like, yeah, absolutely. So we looked at you know different programs. We found University of Phoenix online, and which nice, they had a satellite office up in St. Petersburg. So I actually got to go back into a classroom setting and do all of those, you know, kind of get feel like a student again. And life happened again, and another 12 years went by, and finally, uh, our new CFO, our Chief Foundation and Development Officer, Chris Simino, who came over from FGCU, was just talking to me one day and found out that I was not that far off credit-wise to get my bachelor's degree. And he says, it's foolish for you not to go back to school. And he introduced me into a few folks and about the FGCU Complete Program, which is built for adult learners like myself. And I just knew, and after making payments for so many years on a on student loans with nothing to show for it mm-hmm. and watching commercials and seeing it I just was like you know what I'm gonna this is it I'm gonna do it yeah. and lo and behold after a year and a half of just steadily taking one class at a time and just doing the best I could 10 classes later I graduated this past spring that's awesome yeah so did you did you get your AA I did I was a dual enrollment so I was also getting my undergrad at FSW by fulfilling classes at FGCU because they have a collaborative effort they're Mm -hmm. doing. So in order to take those 10 classes they set up for me, three of which had to fulfill my undergraduate at FSW. So I was able to take them at FGCU and apply it there. So yes, I was able to get my AA and my uh, associates in arts, and then I got my BA and bachelor's of arts from FGCU with the remaining classes I completed. And when did you get your AA? It's simultaneous, so I'll get that at the same time as I'm getting that, yes. Oh, awesome, all right. So it's kind of, I'll get both diplomas uh, at the same time, which is great because they, they, they have this really good relationship where it might be better for people to go start off at FSW then enroll in FGCU and maybe sometimes vice versa, just depending on the curriculum and the way it's set up. So yeah, they were great. I put in my my requirements to fulfill for them and they said, you're good. So it worked out well. So just to kind of break this down for for people who may not fully understand how that works. So since you started at FSW, correct, you were able to get your AA and it will come from FSW. Correct, because the last last, last few credits I applied to will fulfill all those requirements from there. Yeah, and that's a really valuable thing to know because you could have transferred from F, 
FSW to FGCU. Correct. Without having gotten your AA, but then take a few classes at FGCU, get your AA. It's good to know you you can go back and get that AA from FSW. Yeah, absolutely. As long as um, I had some credits there and I can apply those right back to it, um, it, it worked out really well. Yeah. You know, and they took my University of Phoenix credit hours at both institutions. Mm. So it, you know, I had a lot less. I didn't need the full 30 hours to graduate, but in order to graduate from FGC, you had to have at least 10 classes, three credits per class for 30 hours. I already had like 108 hours built up and you only need 120 to graduate with a bachelor's. But in order to fulfill those requirements, they were like, okay, you gotta take those 10 classes, three of which will be designated your AA classes. The rest will be for the FGCU requirements along with some electives and the upper classes. Okay, so tell me about what it was like to try to go back and, and finish those classes? I mean, what is different b about FGCU Complete? Uh, what was great is their very hands-on approach. Um, Kristen and her team over there, along with Melissa, they, they give you a, a roadmap of what needs to be completed. They sit you down and they say, you, could take, you should take this class, this class, this class. They break it down into session A and session B. So a lot of the classes I was able to start off with are only eight-week classes. Mm. A lot of people may think, well, in eight weeks, they're not gonna, you don't have to do that much work but really they're taking the 16 weeks of material and cramming it in eight weeks. So it's a little bit of an accelerated program. So I was able to take one class for session A, one class for session B, which would count as a semester. And I did that for three classes and then the pandemic hit in March. So then everything got shifted to online. But when I sat down in a classroom at 44 years old and people were going around introducing themselves and some of them had the same background as me where they were out of school but for a much smaller amount of time I was by far the oldest in the class but I also think I was by far one of the wisest in the class because I lived a, a pretty full life up to that point and had some pretty good perspectives on things so I felt like I was able to help educate them above and beyond what they were learning from the institution for that specific class mm -hmm. but it was it was weird it was a little nerve-wracking you know yeah. I was I mean I wasn't intimidated I'm usually good in settings like that but it was just an awkward feeling like you know the anticipation of me going to class that night being like wow I got to go to school tonight you know I haven't said that in 13 years yeah and then getting in a classroom and seeing some other students and then really didn't then my competitiveness kicked in and I wanted to be just as communicative and talking and you know uh, raise my hand and be as to the forefront as possible yeah yeah I bet it you know I bet it is uh it's a probably takes a little bit of courage after having been sort of out of practice of being in school. And I mean, really it is practice, right? The better, the more you write papers, the better you get at writing papers Absol that, you know, absolutely. Like when I would wake up in the morning, I know I had a full day of work in front of me, Yeah. but then I had to mentally prepare myself saying, all right, I need to block off tonight, at least reading chapters one through three. I have a quiz coming up. So I always had to think uh, ahead. So it was like, all right, I know work's going to be tough this week. I have an event I got to prepare for. I wasn't a traditional student where I just went to class and then went home. I had a, a full life, you know, married, kids, uh, everything, and then add that on top of it. But if you did it in the manner of which it should be done, where it's just take your time and do it right, it was an easier process. I didn't say, oh, wait, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to be five classes. I'm not going to take them all at once. You know, oh, I got to do this. I got to be gung-ho. I was like, no, I'm going to be smart. It took me this long to get here. I'm so close to the finish. I don't want to burn myself out. Let me do it in stages. And the way it's set up that FGCU complete and the assistance from all the folks over at FGCU made that very simple for me. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like with those accelerated sessions, you can probably start more frequently. So like you don't have to wait until 
you know. Oh, correct. It goes right into the next. So you finish the one class from session A, you have maybe four or five days off, and then session B starts. Yeah. You know, so it, it's nice. There's not a real long down period. And then as the semesters moved on, I started getting a little more comfortable. And depending on what types of class it was, I did take two classes simultaneously that were the 16-week variety. And that kind of makes it even weirder because I was so used to jamming in my work in an eight-week period. Now I had to, like, like my wife said, she's like, look, you don't have to have – it's not due till Friday. You don't have to do it on Monday. And I was like, yeah, but I'm so used to being so mm -hmm. condensed and doing it. And I had to learn how to pace myself over a 16-week period to not do all the homework right away. Just, you know, do it gradually. Do a little bit. Do a little bit and then submit it. You didn't have to always be first. <laughs> yeah. And that's just who I am. I'm always like, I want to get it done and, you know, get it posted and check in my grade every few hours. Did, you, did they grade it yet? Did they grade it yet? <laughs> and it's funny, and I don't know where that comes from. Um, it's maybe just because I love playing sports and I'm kind of competitive. But uh, – it was it was really good and it was I mean, it was a blessing and I and the best part about it is I had no idea it existed. I thought I would have to go back to like another private school like like a Hodges or something like that where I didn't know I can actually go to a public university like I had that opportunity until I found out about the FGCU complete program and I could be an eagle and be like wow I'm a I'm a real I'm going to college and I didn't get to enjoy that when I was out of high school. I went right into work and a little bit of community college and then a satellite school for University of Phoenix. I never was a student per se, like being like on campus. And mm -hmm. then I, I got to enjoy it, not for as long as I would like to have because of the pandemic. So every student was suffering from that as well. So I'm not the only one, but it did work out well that all the classes were converted to online. And I was more of a classroom setting type learner. And I liked that, but I adjusted pretty quickly and, it, and then kind of got spoiled. Like, oh, I'm home, great. I can just log in at whatever time it was convenient for me and do my work. Yeah. So prior to the pandemic, you were on campus. Correct. My first uh, first semester in 2019, um, I was there for from August to December, Christmas break, went back, did my colloquium class, and that ended right at the, the week before, essentially, the pandemic um, uh, uh, infected us all, kind of, kind of broke out and all that. So then it was like, okay, what to do now? All right, well, they're going to switch everything to online. and. They were still trying to do a little bit of hybrid learning, I think, at that point, where maybe it was like one class in person and then the rest online. And I just said, you know what, I'm just going to do them all online. And then when that opportunity came to go back, I was kind of spoiled at that point. And I'm like, I'm just going to stay online. Okay, so you liked online. I did. And I converted myself because at first I thought I wouldn't. I was kind of like, oh, you know, I, online, it's just, I didn't, I needed the setting. I wanted to be part of like tangible classroom. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't offered online. You can't do that online. But the connectivity in the Zoom meetings and just the chat boards and everything did really put you back into the classroom setting. So it made it easier and uh, I kind of grew fond of it and it worked out well. Yeah. So how did you manage your job? And I mean, I know you said that the, the classes were at night, but it sounds like it was a, it was, it was work. So did you have to make any adjustments with your job or did you run into any issues? I didn't. Um, there's a lot of flexibility in the fundraising world. So we have a a season quote unquote so that would be really from january to about easter is when we have our the crux of our um, fundraising events so i knew it was going to be tough that first go around so i only i did a class that i felt that didn't have the real difficult workload it was going to be a difficult class but it wasn't going to be writing intensive or something to that effect and then honestly when the pandemic broke work kind of not ceased to exist we shifted kind of our focus to more of a ppe and became more of like a a collection site and did everything we can because fundraising basically stopped mm -hmm. and it kind of did for almost a full year so honestly it opened up time for me for school and made it a little bit easier I wasn't like oh my god like under constant pressure different kind of pressure but not putting on events and 
going out in the community because everything was shut down. Mm-hmm. But as things started to turn the corner and ramp up, I, you just had to make enough time for yourself. You just need to know like, okay, today at work, I'm working on these spreadsheets or I'm working on solicitations for in-kind auctions and all these things that I'm doing. And at night, just go, hey, all right, when I come home from six to eight, I'm gonna definitely make sure I get my post in. And I always made sure I stayed ahead in my classes just because if something unforeseen would happen, because I still was playing softball, I was coaching my nephews in little league baseball, still going out. Like I still lived a life. I, I made sure I, I made myself happy too. I just didn't put myself like in a hole and be like, all right, I'm just gonna school, 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 work, work, work. Still wanted to enjoy life. So I just made sure I had enough time to do all those things. And if you like anything else, prepare for it and give yourself time, you're gonna be able to accomplish it. Yeah. When your employer suggested that you do it so i'm assuming that they would be flexible they were yeah. i mean there was a few times like during work hours i had to either go to the gulf coast Humane society for like orientation for when i had to do my service learning project so my boss was very like yeah, go ahead now i made it up because it's not a traditional nine to five job you know it's 40 hours work week but i could do that at any given point i can come home and make up those hours if need be but uh yeah very supportive and everyone in the office really had my back. Um, they were super proud and they, um, I had, they had a graduation celebration for me when I got back after getting my second COVID shot. They, uh, they decorated the hallway and congratulations, Jason. And they had, they blasted my whole entire office. It, w- it was a team effort and they were really proud. And uh, I was really proud to be part of that, to be yeah. like, man, I, I did it. Like it's done. Like, and it's so weird after now, it's like I never went to school. Like I've been now for about six weeks now and my mind has completely just kind of decompressed because I was so used to like work, 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 school, 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 work, work, work. And now it's like, just work, work, work. Okay, I can go home. I don't have to be like, all right, let me get home, start working on this post. I have a paper due. Oh, I got to work on Saturday. I got to do it. It's so satisfying to be like, wow, it's done. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's been great. Yeah. And your, was, how'd your family do with you taking on these extra hours? Super proud. Uh, mom and dad, uh, my brother, they were beyond over the moon um, to know that I did that and finished it. My wife, God bless her, she is in the process of getting her master's degree from LSU online. So she was there too, kind of like, you know, hey, you got this. And she was very supportive, just like I am of her. Um, my stepson just graduated from Bishop Verreau. So it's everybody was in school while we were all, so it was, it was a family of school going on. Yeah. But they all had their support of my parents. Um, you know, if, hey, if you needed money, whatever you need, whatever we can do, we we're just super proud that you were able to do that. My brother, I mean, over the moon with that as well. And it was great that they could be there for when we did graduation uh, at FGCU. They had it in person. It was very unique. It was just like a person of one graduating yeah. the way they had it set up. Yeah. But they could be there. I can hold the diploma up and I can have my cap and gown and they could see it. Like they know how hard I worked and how, how proud they are that I did it. And I, and I did really well. Like I graduated summa cum laude. Like I got all A's in my 10 classes. Mm-hmm. So it was, it can be achieved out there, people. You can definitely do it if you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, let me stress the fact that like you'd already been working for a while. You had a decent job. Yeah, in I was doing fine. You yeah. know, and and what what do you think from a personal st- aside from someone just telling you you should finish it? Was it was it really just about like finishing it because you started it, or was there more to it? Twofold. One for self pride that I just I couldn't keep in good faith writing a check out to an institution of <laughs> payment, and I have nothing for it. And it's you know they don't say oh okay well you didn't finish don't worry about paying. I had to pay that money back. Right. So it was that personal, like, I did it. And then two, it allows me at work to progress. Um, I have the ability, I have the background, I have the time. I just didn't have the degree that was a requirement to be able to elevate myself throughout the healthcare system. So every time I would apply, you know, you have a box, you know, bachelor's degree is required. 
I'd have to hit no. And it doesn't give me like a explanation to be like, well, I'm almost there. I have so many credits. It's either no or yes, and yeah. it's no. So now that that's gone, I have an opportunity to blossom in the healthcare system. And, I, and I've achieved quite a, a good status in doing what I've done. And I, I have comfortable living and I'm fine with that. But now I can get more. I can, I can better myself. I can learn and do more things that otherwise I wouldn't be able to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the whole student debt part of, uh, you know, obviously college in general is uh, it has many facets and opinions and challenges. But I think when you have debt and you didn't finish, that's just got to be such a such a real like just heavy cloud over you it as is. you're paying for something that you didn't you didn't get in the end and. Um, it. I bet it almost makes you feel like, well, I would have been better off not I was, starting. That's in the so first funny. Place. I was literally going to say the same yeah. exact thing. It was almost like it, I'm in a worse position financially because I went to school. Yeah. And I'm making a payment, and you know, I mean, there's payment programs, and you can, you know, do this and debt forgiveness, and there's a whole bunch of things, but you know, it's still a hefty loan that I had to take out for it, and you're paying, you're just paying basically interest, so the principal's always there. It seems right. like no matter how many long I paid, it was like, God, it's the same amount. So. It's tough. I mean, it's it's. If you're gonna go, go and get it done. Because then, when you're making that check, you know, at the there's a prize at the end of the rainbow. Like you're like, okay, cool. I got my degree, so I don't mind paying it. But when yeah. you're paying something that would be that almost of a car payment, on top of a car payment, mm-hmm. you're like, man, I got and I got to do this for like ten thousand more payments. I don't have. It's not gonna end. It's not like a five year term where it's like, right. oh, okay, it's like almost infinite. Where it's like, it's never gonna stop. Yeah. So yeah, it's, did you it's did you get financial aid and like early on? I or? took just student loans out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't really qualify for a lot of like Pell grants and everything because I made a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, I was out of that demographic or that bracket, which is fine because those folks you know who do need it should get that money. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just took out regular you know, um, loans. Both uh, what's the word I'm looking for when they have the two different type of loans, subsidized and unsubsidized mm-hmm. loans. Um. Yeah, so now I get my statement. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh God, it's like that. Now it's been frozen for the last year and a half. We haven't had to make any payments, and now it went up again because I added another six thousand worth of dollars worth of classes to it. Yeah. But I'm okay with that. I don't mind when I have to start making those payments. Like, oh, that's rewarding. Like, I have no problem sending you back the money I borrowed because now I have it. Yeah. Before it was like, oh, this is you no, know, it, it's tough. And I can imagine a lot of students out there probably feel the same way when they're making payments to something that you don't have. It's just like it's. You can't touch it. You can't look at it. And you're like, hmm, it's a shame. Yeah. And I do think that um, it's important. I mean, sometimes we do have to take out student loans, but I think there's a lot of opportunity for folks to get financial aid, whether it's from filling out the FAFSA, you know, and getting the federal financial aid or applying for scholarships like at the, you know, at Collaboratory here, we have scholarships and there's scholarships throughout Southwest Florida and, you know, national scholarships that people can get. But then also by filling out the FAFSA, you find out if you qualify for any financial aid from the institution as well. So, um, you know, we're talking about loans and those are scary, but there's lots of ways also to see if you can access additional funds. Yeah, the funds are out there. I mean, there's a bunch of uh, institutions, you know, from public and private institutions that have grants that are or Pell grants or, you know, scholarships. If you just do your due diligence and look mm-hmm. and apply and just fill them all out. There's no harm filling them all out. Because yep. if you get $1,000 here, $500 here, $2,500 there, next thing you know, then that's pretty much a year's worth of school paid for. Yeah, And it, it's out there. And, you know, I think that's one of the great things with future makers is that everyone's, you know, cognizant of that. They're like, hey, there's money out there. 
we got to get it into these students' hands. You know, how do we do that? What, who qualifies? How can we get them back if they're, you know, having financial difficulties and they're all they need is a small thing paid for yeah. to get them back on the right track? Well, here's where that money's good for. Here's how we can help them. And it's great. And you, but you have to yourself put forth the effort and look for it too. Right. No one's just going to show up at your doorstep being like, hey, here's free money. Go back to school. You're going to have to work for it and really look under some stones and under some branches and be like, okay, well, here's an opportunity. And oh, I can qualify for this, or I can, I can get the money here. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's just asking the right questions, right? I he- talked to several people who have who started a degree and didn't finish um, and are in the process of finishing now. Some of them have finished now. Um, but, you know, they it, we have this whole conversation of you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, that's true. And so I think a lot of times when when students get out of high school and go into college, they sometimes don't know what to ask to fix the problem Absolutely. or to to get past a, a barrier. You talked a little bit about you know when life happens, when life you know life happened and I stopped, and life happened and I stopped. Do you see anything kind of looking back that we could sort of learn from that maybe some of those institutions that you were at could have done to have helped you during those times when life happened? Uh, possibly if they would have reached out, maybe, um, knowing that I was a good academic standing and for some reason or another I didn't enroll and then maybe another semester came by and I was not enrolled again, like for them to maybe send an email or reach out just saying, hey, we've noticed it's been a year, you were doing totally fine, but now you're, you're no longer with us. Is, did something happen, uh, financial hardship, or are you just disinterested in you know continuing on with your education? Something completely changed where you're like, oh, I'm going to go work on like an oil rig. I'm not. I'm. I'm busy doing something. There's no way I'm going to go back to school. That would have been good. Um, maybe being connected from the university, like I said, reaching back out to individuals, just kind of, which I think you know they probably are doing. But you know you can. It's it's such ebbs and flows um, of that. That would have been good because then maybe I could have. If it was a financial difficulty, I could have somehow got that circumvented to allow me to get back into school and make a certain payments. Um, that may have helped. That may help a lot of students if the institution reaches back out because that shows like a twofold of like, hey, we've noticed you're not here. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you know, you were cruising along. Grade, grades were fine. So it wasn't like there was a steady decline of like A's. Next year you're down to C's. And then all of a sudden like you're not there anymore. So that may you know, be an inclination of like, oh, they just they kind of failed out of school. But if you're doing very well and progressing and all of a sudden you stop and then you're like, okay, another semester goes by, another semester goes by, and they're like, hmm, did something happen to this individual? We should reach out via email, phone call, um, and then it's up to obviously the student to reply back saying, no, hey, just things are happening. I just can't go to school right now. But that would have been, I think, would have been beneficial. But again, you know, I would have had to have opened my email to get that or answered my phone to get that. Right. So, but I know the effort that it's there. I know they're doing that now. I know they're reaching out to all the stop out students and, hey, how can we get you back in? And some of it's amazing when I hear that they don't even need to take a class. They already got the credits. They just got to fill out paperwork. And you get, it's like, how did you stop there? Like, how did you go that far and just say, oh, we'll worry about this later. I'm like, wow, that's an amazing tale. So when we hear those on the calls, I'm like, man, that's, you know, you're right there. Just. What was that? How can I help pay for that? Like, how could you be that close? I mean, you're yeah. done. Yeah, no, I think it's really interesting because I think that's another thing. You don't know what you don't know, right? Absolutely. And so I think there are a lot of people, you know, just numbers. I like numbers. So about almost 60% of people working age in Southwest Florida don't have a, a credential beyond a high school diploma. We know that 20% of those people have some college but no degree. Yeah. And there's a portion of those people that actually have earned a degree, but for any variety of reasons, may not, 
they haven't gotten it. Um, it could be because of a fee. It could be because it's so mundane, so they small. didn't finish the paperwork. Yeah. Um, they may have an AA and not realize it because they transferred to FGCU and they didn't they didn't uh, do the reverse transfer and get their AA. So I think, you know, one of the things that, it, and like you said so well, if they had reached out, that might have helped. Um, but then also you would have to pick up the phone Correct. or answer it's the email. Street. So, it's always a two-way so street. So if you're listening to this and you happen to have started a, a degree program at FSW or FGCU, um, you might want to check your email. Yeah, it's worth picking up the call, but pick up the phone. Look, I mean, you might be further along than you think, and it might be something so silly that's yeah. holding you back that you're just like uh, maybe at the time when you stopped, you were frustrated. I mean, I know we all get frustrated in life, but it could be something that if you, you made a snap decision and didn't realize it was so mundane and so simple. And now, like a few years later, you can fix it. Like you can just go, just look, just make a phone call, call the you know admissions board, and just say, hey, I just want to can I get a copy of my transcripts? And you can see, like, oh my god, like I'm I'm done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I or mean, I just, just need one class. I need one class, and you know, you can you know, and especially the way these institutions are set up now, they're they're heavily favored to have adult learners come back. I mean, that's what they want. It's great to be 17 going into you know. At university, my, my stepson Kyle, he's going off at FS, uh, FSU up in Tallahassee. So yeah, at 17, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, when you're 40, you know, you're 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 like, okay, uh, you know, I have so much going on my plate, and then you might need that little little nudge, being yeah. like, oh wow, look at that, I'm right here. Yeah. Maybe one class I can do now. I, you know, my kids are growing up. I don't have the same type of uncertainties as I did in my early 20s, as I do in my mid 40s. So this is the time. Like you know what, if I'm gonna do it. This is the time to do it. Yeah, your employer might pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of them have tuition reimbursement. So, I mean, they. I think everybody, There's. I've never met anybody who is down on education. That's like, oh, don't do it. Like, they yeah. want you to do it. It betters you. It betters them. It betters the community. It betters, there's no, there's all, it's only better. So. Yeah, and listen, I think the, the reality is, is that in Florida by the year 2025, two out of every three jobs is gonna require yeah. some credential. The market's gonna be tough. That's really, really now with what happened with the pandemic, with everything basically, everyone getting thrust back into the job pool. Um, if you lost your job and you're going up against somebody who has perhaps, you have the years, but they have the degrees. Yeah you can may lose out to them. Yeah, um, and I think, tough. you know, in our economy here locally, having an AA, having an industry certification that you get from a technical college, those are equally very, very valuable here. Yes. Um, and so I think that, you, you know, it's important to recognize that you don't have to be coming directly out of high school. There's lots of opportunities to reskill, upskill, finish what you started. Um, here in in our region and I think that we're really looking to from from what I can tell the partners which are FGCU, FSW, uh, the technical colleges Fort Myers Tech, Cape Coral Tech, Immokalee Tech, Charlotte Tech, Lorenzo Walker, Hodges University all of them they are really working hard to make sure that they're able to serve any student no matter where they're at and i think it's funny you've sort of adopted our language we don't say drop out stop out right yeah that's because you're coming back yeah. we need you to come back sometimes and you gotta take a stop look around you and then go forward i mean yeah. that's you just you know it, it's fine drop out has a negative connotation to it I, I i agree maybe that's how i would use that in my verbiage before like you know i dropped out of school i didn't really drop out i just stopped i didn't like just quit because i was failing i just stopped because life happened yeah and, and there's nothing wrong with that yeah um as long as you you know find it in you and you want to go back great not college isn't for everybody you don't have to go back but if you can 
and it'll you have the ability to do it, I think you should do it. You owe it to yourself to be like, I did it, especially mm-hmm. older in life because, you know, as you get older, things get taken away from you, and it's it's more difficult to get things done. But there's a sense of pride of like, man, I, I did what a 20-year-old is doing, and I have 10 times the responsibility than that individual, yeah. and I did it. And, and I, I didn't complain. I mean, I mean there's times that I, you know, Ugh, I don't want to do homework tonight. Yeah. But, you know, I had to do it. I had to, like, suck it up and sit down and be like, all right, just just knock out an hour's worth of it. And, and you get back on track. You're like, yeah, all right, now I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. And then when you see your grade and you get an A, you're like, oh, man, I write better than I thought. Or, yeah. man, I test way better than I thought I would have. So. Yeah, yeah, there's a confidence-building factor of it. So so you not only um, are a, a person who returned to college and – and earned a degree. Correct. So you're done. But you also have been playing this role that I mentioned earlier on our Talent Hub Advisory Committee. And so just a little bit of background, Southwest Florida was designated a Talent Hub by Lumna and Kresge Foundations in January of 2020, right before the pandemic. Yeah, ironically, right then and there, like (laughs) literally like two months Um, before it happened. And what that means is that we're a national exemplar for our ability and the way that we work together to try to change systems. So we're not making new programs and we're not you know, we're not doing projects for the sake of projects. We're doing them to test how to change the system because we know that policies and practices are really where we need to start to make some adjustments in order to achieve the outcomes that we need for a sustainable economy. Correct. To help people have social mobility, to have a better quality of life. And so you've been on this team really as an advisor because you were experiencing the system as a as an adult learner coming back to finish a degree. And so I wanted to kind of ask you, and the, and the, the, the group is made up of um, FGCU and FSW. There's uh, technical colleges on there. Hodges was on there. Um, chambers, some people in the from the private sector. Um, you know, it's a very, cro- very future makers like, right? Correct. Very cross sector team. And the team was really all there to support this effort of helping, um, supporting in FGCU and FSW's efforts to look at their look at the policies and practices that that they have in place to better support adult learners and ultimately i think hopefully to figure out some of the reasons why folks stopped out in the first place and and change the policies and practices there as well absolutely so tell me um you know from your perspective what is it like what has it been like to be on that group it's a real eye-opener um you sometimes i think higher education universities get a negative look because they, they're just about the money. They're like, we got to make money, 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 money. And that's not the case when I was on any of these calls. Um, they're really passionate. The folks that work there want you to better you. They want to get you back into school. They, if it's a trade school, if it's, again, FSW, FGC, or any higher education or post-secondary high school education, and they're doing so many things to do that. I mean, by being creative and working collaboratively with one another. Like I said, I was able to do dual enrollment. Like, I don't know if that's even heard of before. Like, if you can get a degree from a university that you're not even attending, I mean, currently. So they're making the effort. They want to reach out to it. They're doing campaigns and e-blasts and billboards and stuff to get students to pick up the phone, answer the email, find out why they may have stopped out in the first place and get them back in. I mean, they're, they, they're investing in you as you should invest in yourself. Uh, so it, it's great listening to them and, and they have such great ideas. And I, I hope that when I'm on there, I can bring the perspective of what I would look for as an adult learner from these institutions. And I think they have really made it easy for you to go back. You just gotta pick up the phone and you gotta send an email, 
even if it's even if you may not want to go back immediately at least start the process maybe just get the information that will help make you make that decision i mean you may be closer than you think i mean there could be something so mundane like we talked about earlier that's holding you back from getting that degree go get it um but it, it's insightful and, it, and the passion is it's easy to see on the screen i mean right now we're doing everything obviously like pretty much everybody in the world in zoom and now we're starting to get back to in person but you can see it. I mean, I don't see people like rolling their eyes. I don't see people looking away. Everyone's face forward in the camera talking and listening intently to when another institution is talking. So, you know, they share in each other's joys and successes. They're like, oh, wow, those numbers are great. I mean, this is this percentage. And I mean, they're very technical with numbers. And I know Tessa loves numbers. <laughs> so when they're talking about percentage here and how many students here and who they were able to touch and open rates and how they got this. And it's like, you know, I mean, and there's always a good story at the end. There's always somebody. It's never like, well, we didn't get anybody this time. I mean, there's always an amount of kids that are going back, and it's funny when they were saying, like, they're done. They just need to fill out some papers, and they graduate. So it, it's great to be part of that and listen to it. And uh, I think it's incredible that we're trying to get it to 50. It's 55%, right, mm -hmm. for everyone to have a post-secondary education in Southwest Florida. And all that does is just make Southwest Florida a better place. That's, that's what's great. I mean, the, it's always changing down here. It's evolving. It's going to continuously grow. So as it grows, the market grows, and as the market grows, job opportunities grow, and so does the demand for higher education for those jobs. So all these institutions are vested. It's not us versus them. It's all of us versus the community to get the, everybody to back. So nobody's trying to play favors over one another on that call. They all have the same vested interest in the population here in Southwest Florida. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I mean, I think that I, I'm glad that that's sort of your your experience on the group. I know it's not always easy. I mean, you know, sometimes we have to talk about things that are a bit challenging. Yeah. Um, but I think the part that I love the most about it is, number one, I think a lot of people don't realize that these conversations are happening. So, you know, people sort of look at academia as sort of the, you know, the elite living in a bubble sort of thing brick and water high walls yeah, it's like yeah. look at us over here and it's, yeah. that's not i mean we've got we've got all types of people and from all different sectors sort of chiming in yeah. and telling these institutions you know their opinion on how they think things should be or how they think it should go or what they see as sort of a problem the same time all those institutions are also supporting them absolutely and so i think that that is that's the future maker spirit right it's like we all win um by working together yeah that's really the only way you change systems is by changing relationships so um i'm glad that that's been that that's been your experience um i want to just tell you i think it's been so great to have you on thanks the the team I'm really glad you're a future maker. Yeah, I, I, it's an honor. Like I said, um, I, I think it's great. I, if I can help, if this podcast helps one student say, hey, he did it, I can do it, that's that's all I need. Yeah. I just want one person to just be like, you know what, man, he sounds his story is great. Sounds a lot like my story, you know. I mean, I'm roughly the same age too, or, you know, I'm a little bit younger or even a little bit older. Yeah, like that's just, you can make it happen if you really want to make it happen. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of people out there to support you in Absolutely. the effort to do that. I mean, we know a lot of people have very different circumstances. I mean, if you live out in, in Clewiston, it's harder to get to after you Absolutely. Or there's a, many you factors, so, many, many factors. So there's lots of different things, but I think the point of all of it is, is that we're all working together and we're taking the student perspective into account as we're trying to come up with really the best, the best plans yeah. to, to support 
our workforce. And what I like too is that they've talked about it getting to it at the high school level too. So not waiting until you become an adult learner where you step out. How do you make them transition from high school into as a freshman and continue on their trajectory over four years, five years, whatever it takes for you to finish your, your degree? But it's all perspectives. It's not just we're not like myopically looking at it just from, okay, we're looking at 30 to 50 year olds. No, it's high school students as freshmen. How do we continue that messaging to them about these institutions? How do we bridge the gap from one pit stop high school to the next? Yeah. And then if there's an alternate stop where you just are not in school, how do I get you back onto that road? Yeah. And that's what's fascinating. So it's not just they're looking at it from one perspective. They're looking from a, a totality yeah, of it's all lifelong, student learning. It's really lifelong learning. It is, it is absolutely. And that's, that's a great way to say it, it is lifelong learning. That's the way we have to start thinking that way. Yeah. Um, that's, what the, that's what the economy is going to require of us. So, well, I just want to thank you so much for your time. Yeah, this has been today. a blast. Thank you for having me today. Um, I know this is the first time back in studio, so I'm an honor to be part of that. Uh, it's great. I think what you're doing, Tessa, um, with these is great. I think what you do with the collaboratory, I think your leadership and your diligence and your, your, your hard work shows all the time. Every time that we have you on the Zoom call here, passion exudes through the microphone. So thank you for what you're doing. Allow me to be part of this journey with you. And I'm uh, looking forward to be a future maker for many years to come. And again, um, I'm always happy to talk with a student. I mean, I, I, I have no problem talking, uh, as you could probably tell during this interview. So thank you for your time yeah. and uh, for allowing me to be here today. Yeah, thanks for your, for your willingness to give back and for being a future maker. Thank you. And we'll see you soon. Absolutely. Take care.